Welcome to iFollow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 63 of iFollow. Uh, we have another busy week in tech news for you guys, but first, without further ado, I am joined by none other than the illustrious Jeff Budzinski. How's it going? <laughs> What's up, Matt? What's up, everybody? Joining Here's us live these... from the best coast, drinking the best drinks. Yeah, out here in uh, lovely California this week. Yeah. It's always good to get to... I, I, I need to go back. I was out there before, and I loved it, and I want to go and see it again, experience everything. So. I, I love being home on the East Coast, but it's so different and so beautiful out here. Mm -hmm. I, it's just so nice. Yeah, I've been to California, but I would love to check out, like, washington and maybe like vancouver and stuff like that just yeah good. i've uh i've done some traveling up to seattle and uh portland and some other areas in oregon got to see the redwoods a couple times that would be cool yeah it's that's really, it's really nice up there yeah meanwhile i have just my dog in the background and hanging out <laughs> here in the same old spot back home <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't broke don't fix it exactly that's all i'm saying but um one thing that is broke to transition straight into the topics. <laughs> Bit of a, a rough transition, but I think that's what we're known for, so it's whatever. Um, Aren't they always rough? Yeah, the FCC <laughs> has admitted that it was never actually hacked. So, um, shock there, I know, big surprise, but I think we did, we kind of like figured this would be the case um, when we first reported on the FCC claiming they were DDoSed uh, a long time ago. Um, but yeah, so now the rumors are official after months of people trying to figure out exactly what the FCC and how the FCC had been hacked, not what, um, they have come out and said that they weren't actually hacked and it was more or less just a natural DDoS of people who were very interested in net neutrality and their servers couldn't handle it. So, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, uh, Can't make we were misinformed about it. That's the hot topic of today is misinformation and mm -hmm. quote-unquote fake news. Yep. And he managed to blame it on the previous office as well for not giving him the information he needed. But Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I don't know how you can do that, really, considering the previous office hasn't had any influence for a few years now, but that's right. besides the point. Um but yeah, so um, it's kind of like a, a half apology and a lot of finger pointing. So it's not exactly the uh, the admission of not guilt that we were hoping for, but it's a step in the right direction. The first step is denial, and the second stage is acceptance. So, or yeah, one of the steps. Either way, I might have just completely butchered that, but <laughs> you might have, may or may not have. But yeah, um, it's like the is surfacing i yeah. think is what you're trying to say that's why i host a <laughs> technology podcast and not a psychology podcast so <laughs> um but yeah Thank so <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be a good show nope. <laughs> um but yeah they were saying uh they uh, the people had reached out to the gao um and the gao while i quickly confirm that office um it is, I don't know what the GAO stands for off the top of my head, but uh, the, they were asked to look into the breach itself. Um, the letter requesting the office's help at the time, they had not released, that the FCC had not released any records or documentation that would allow for confirmation that an attack had occurred and that it was effectively dealt with. Um, and that the FCC has begun to institute measures to thwart future attacks. They got none of that. So um, it was kind of tough for them to figure out what was going on exactly behind the scenes with the FCC. Um, and this only makes sense now that we're finding out that those attacks were in fact not real. Um, right. It's kind of hard to find evidence of an attack if it's just not an attack to begin with. So, And yeah. uh, just, just for clarification, uh, I looked it up in the GAO's U.S. Government Accountability Office. Okay. It's an independent, nonpartisan agency that works for Congress. Uh, it's often called the Congressional Watchdog, and it investigates how federal government spends taxpayer dollars. Okay. So it's basically just like the office to like find out what happened. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah so. Who's accountable for what? 
which would make sense but um yeah so it looks like there's no conspiracy here no nothing it's just the the flood of people and it probably doesn't help through that one john oliver link that we shared how easy it was to put a comment in and get to that website considering um, how tough the fcc had made it just on its own in order right. to get to that type of the the, the comment section for that policy um yeah, so, when, when good old-fashioned public interest causes your service to go down, maybe it's an important issue to focus yeah. on what the people want. But yeah, you would think a, an office of such power would have. You would think the Federal Communications um, Board would have a server that could handle the ability to have that much web traffic. But yeah, you know, um, communication web traffic they yeah. kind of go hand in hand. You would think. But Looks like I we guess. have another healthcare.gov situation with the, the design of this website overall. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um that's it's like largely it in that but it's it's just uh good to know that News, there was newsworthy no yeah and it's, worth, a, worth it's a nice follow-up sure. for sure i mean that was that was a while too i mean when we were first getting into the bread and butter of that kind of story that was probably six months ago yeah that was a pretty long time ago maybe longer yeah very very long time ago but um the stories of the Note 7 explosions are also something that's very far away, as <laughs> Samsung has announced this past week the release of its Galaxy Note 9. Um, and this is kind of a two-part uh, topic, because we have the Note 9, which is confirmed, and then we have evidence of or further leaks from the, the Pixel 3 that's also coming out later this year. Yeah, um, the old the old rumor mill. Yeah, it's been, we're, gonna, we're in that, it's that time of the year again, where it's leaks and rumor mills and the galaxy note phones coming out as well so we're getting into the exciting part of the year when it comes to the release of mobile phones mobile um, publicity yeah but um to cover the phone that actually exists right now the note 9 on paper looks like a monster of a phone um, yes it's in here yeah it's sold in two configurations there's the 128 gigabyte base model with six gigs of ram um for one thousand dollars or the 512 gigabyte eight uh 512 gigabyte storage eight gigabytes of ram version for one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars 512 gigabytes yeah yeah and with samsung's um, new 512 gigabyte micro sd card that they're releasing later this year around the same time you could theoretically get this phone's internal storage up to one terabyte which is unheard of in a smartphone that's, that's insane you could use this i mean a lot of people use their phones as mass storage devices but that's like seriously mass storage you could like host a plex server on it easily yeah very easily yeah mm -hmm. but uh yeah pre-orders for this phone are on august 10th this is when they start uh, which has already passed um and the phone will be available at uh major carriers or for direct purchase on august 24th um but Overall, like the phone looks pretty much the same to its um, to the older phone, the Note 8, with the exception of the fingerprint sensor actually making sense with where it's supposed to be, um, and uh, including features like water resistance, fast charging, expandable storage via micro SD, and a headphone jack is still on the phone. So, Look at that. yeah, Look at Samsung is keeping the spirit of the headphone jack alive and well. Yeah, and it, it looks like it's got a beast of a battery i think you mentioned uh 4, milliamp mm -hmm. hours so apparently it's the largest one that's ever been in the note which um, is kind of uh kind of cautious yeah and <laughs> they've uh they've they're reporting that they've thoroughly tested this in relation to its mm -hmm. previous errors with samsung batteries um it says they came ready for your exploding phone jokes <laughs> yeah and it's and, got a uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon 845 processor. Yeah, so it's got the latest and greatest of the hardware behind it. Um, same thing also, it has the, the most important feature this phone could possibly offer. It has the Bixby button still. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it ships with uh, Android 8.1 Oreo um, with the same user experience as every Samsung phone, but uh, as well thing. as Samsung Pay. Here's the thing that was craziest to me about it is that uh, 
they optimize their GPU and it comes with a water cooling system yeah. in the device. That blows my mind. Yeah, this was um actually during like some of the initial demos during the, the press release was uh they were touting this as a gaming phone. Um, so this is supposed to compete with like the Razer phone and the ROG yeah. phone that we were talking about before. Right. Um, I guess that's a hot thing now that there's like Fortnite and PUBG and everything on your phone. Yeah. With the exception of this is this, I think this phone is more towards the all around phone and less towards like focused towards being really good at one thing. Like it's touting a really good camera. It's touting a really good uh, gaming experience, really good battery life, really good everything, really good yeah. headphone jack. <laughs> like it's, I think this, like I, like I said, the phone is more trying to be an all-around beast, especially um, with the deal that they currently have with Epic Games for Fortnite. Um, yeah, they're gonna be doing the test or the initial release will be on Galaxy phones only for and they Fortnite. Have, they have a like a pre-order package for Fortnite too, where mm -hmm. you can get in-game bonus items if you opt in for that. Yeah, you can. One of the character skins is called like the Galaxy or something. Um, <sighs> But yeah, so that's just another way that they're stepping towards gaming. They had like big streaming personalities and stuff at the event as well to like showcase that whole side of it. Um, but like aside from that, it's still pretty much the same phone from terms of appearance. The only difference, the biggest one is, the head, is that fingerprint sensor, really, if you're looking for physical differences between this one and the last note. Um, but yeah, so this is a, a beast of a phone and... I wonder if when the uh, the consumer reviewers and like the YouTube reviewers and the bloggers and stuff all get their hands on it, if this phone is going to hold up to its spec sheet. Because I think as of right now, this phone has easily one of the most impressive spec sheets of this year for flagship phones that uh, are going to be available for all carriers. This is interesting too because it's got these beast specs and it's also a stylus phone. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. which like it's kind of like a different kind of device compared yeah. to what everyone else does with using their fingers um and apparently they've added bluetooth low energy to yeah. the um stylus have you seen what that stylus is like what the, what it can do um with its latest with the, with the newest phone coming out it'll you can actually map that there's a side button on the stylus right and you can map a, like a, a function to it and it's pretty open in terms of what you're able to map to that button. And um, you can press and hold the button to open camera too. Yeah, or, there's like gestures um, like double tapping and long presses and stuff like that. You can also use it as a remote shutter for the camera, which is really cool. So no more timers for your pictures. You yeah. can actually just take it by clicking the stylus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they said um, the, the charge on it is pretty fast too. So the way that it charges is you stick the stylus back into its like cradle in the phone right and it'll charge it um i think you'll get a half hour they, they advertise a half an hour of use in 40 seconds so it's That's like cool. it's granted it's a tiny little stylus with like barely any battery in it but it's still cool that they're trying to make sure that this thing isn't gonna die on you while you're using it and be annoying like oh i have to put this thing away for half right. an hour while it charges a stupid little stylus and if you do have to put it away and charge it they have their dex software which mm -hmm. is when you plug into an hdmi adapter and you basically get to use your phone like a pc yeah i was happy about that because the dex hardware itself was kind of dumb yeah like, it's good to see that they like were like oh yeah we could just use this with an adapter not everybody right. wants a phone dock so it seems like this thing is like actually a traveling computer as opposed yeah. to just like uh, we always talk about how phones are like supercomputers where, you know, how many years ago mm -hmm. this thing now can function like a pretty modern computer for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is really awesome. It's a great direction to see, you know, mobile devices going. Yeah. And also um, for people who may not be interested in Fortnite but want this phone, the other um, option that you can opt for in this is a, a set of noise canceling AKG headphones. Right. Um, Which so is sweet. Yeah, still really nice. Um, but this is, I think it's it's going to be a, a pretty good, especially if it can withstand stress testing and doesn't explode and stuff <laughs> like that. I think that this is going to be like one of the top phones of this year. 
Easily. From what I'm hearing, they've done a lot of testing to make sure yeah. it doesn't explode. So yeah. I think we're good there. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I yeah. definitely agree with you. The S8 was huge, and this seems like leaps and bounds further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And the um, just one more thing before we move on to the other phone is uh the 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 camera technology that they have. There's this new um feature they added called flaw detection, which will let you know via notification if the shot that you just took was blurry or if someone blinked or if um, the image was too blown out in the background. Um, yeah. So it's kind of cool that it like lets you know, like, hey, try again. This this didn't come out good. And apparently they're doing screen optimization too, which mm -hmm. is, it's actually called screen optimizer mode. Um, so it kind of detects what kind of subject you're taking a picture of. For example, like food or a pet or like a environmental view, like a sunset or plants or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and then applies smart filters like brightness, contrast, saturation, and white balance changes to yeah. make the result the best as possible. That'll be interesting to see, like, actually test it out and yeah. see what the, the results are of that. Should be really cool. It's another use of AI and computing to let us do cooler stuff than we could before. Yeah, and we're seeing this with a bunch of phones, too, like the Google Assistant being embedded in the Pixel cameras and yeah. stuff like that in order to make the image a little bit better and more higher resolution. Which but, works pretty well. <laughs> yeah, but Samsung has to do their own thing. So Yeah, it seems <laughs> um, cool. I'm yeah. curious to see how it goes. And they also kind of announced on the side of this the um, Galaxy Home as well. Did you see that? The, I did not know. It's a little. It's a Bixby smart speaker that looks like a. It looks like a black Google Home on wooden legs. Yeah, there were some jokes going around about this. I didn't get to take a look at it. Mm -hmm. It's. It looks interesting. Um, I don't know that many people who are that committed to the Samsung environment. Um, so I don't know how well it's gonna do, but. I feel like it's just following the business model of other tech giants, and yeah. Samsung got the money to try it. So. I feel like it's too late of an entry into that market. Yeah. I feel like it's too late for smart speakers. <laughs> yeah, especially considering when Apple has delay on the HomePods, we were talking about how they were like out of the running for being <laughs> after the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, they just did not sell well at all. Right. And that was Apple. So if that's kind of like a death sentence for any other company that tries to come out with something in this market. It's that's yeah. been overly saturated by Google and Amazon. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, speaking of Google, though, we do have some information on the Pixel 3. Right. Um, that one has been, there has been a ton of leaks with this phone yeah. over the last few, um, over the last few weeks in general. But some of the bigger ones now is that this thing, the bigger model that they have, looks, according to this leak, to have a monster 6.7 inch display, yeah, which is probably the, the biggest I've seen in any phone. It's, it's a whole 0.3 three inches bigger than the note that we just talked about as well as 0 0.7 inches larger than the biggest iPhone 10 leak that we have. So this phone is a massive, massive phone screen. Yeah. That's a lot of real estate to work with. It's almost a whole inch bigger than like the next biggest competition. That's gonna, that's going to be directly competing with, um, but yeah, so this there's a video included in in uh, this XDA article that we'll have in the show notes that highlights um, somebody going through and using the the Pixel and um, just kind of like walking through its features and showing the screen and um, it looks like somebody's gonna get fired if they find out who this person is. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> because I don't think I've seen a leak that's like this scale. Um, to this scale in quite some time. And from a lot of these pictures too, the, the, uh, what was it called? There's the Chrome app or something. One of them had the little dog biscuit on it, um, which implied that it was a developer edition of that software, which is usually oh, cool. reserved for phones that are in Google's own house. Yeah. So, uh, this is pretty damning for whoever is probably the person who did this, but, um, that being said, we still get some pretty sweet-looking leaks that come out of it. Um, yes. So what they're what's looking like, the hardware specs of this thing, like you mentioned, 6.7-inch display with a 1440 by 2960 resolution, mm -hmm. uh, 3430 milliamp-hour battery, which uh, I'm trying to think back to what we just said the Samsung had. 
um, yeah. but I think it's pretty comfortable. Uh, yeah. And the fact that these apps were confirmed via an Antutu app is even more conf confirmation about it because it's just reading straight the hardware from the phone, which is confirming, like you said, confirming a lot of the previous leaks. Right. So, so the 3430 milliamp hour in this phone, the look we just mentioned, is actually 4000 milliamp hour in the Samsung. Mm -hmm. So a little less here, but it's got a 12.2 megapixel rear facing camera and three 8.1 megapixel front cameras. Uh, it's got the same processor as that Note S9, which is a Snapdragon 845. It's got a Qualcomm Adreno 630 GPU, mm -hmm. which is that GPU by Qualcomm that's 30% faster than the previous generation of that okay. GPU. So a nice step up there. Yeah. Uh, 64 gigabytes of storage, 4 gigabytes of RAM. The 4 gigs of RAM is disappointing, but yeah. that being said, it's still the same as the previous generation, so okay. it's not too big of a difference. And as you might expect with Pixel phones, as has been before, it comes with the newest Android. Mm -hmm. It's also yeah. got the active edge, which means you'll be able to squeeze the phone as well. Um, so that's the, a feature they're copying over. Yeah. Whenever I have issues with Google Assistant picking up my voice commands, I just do that. Yeah. It's worked out well for me. Mm -hmm. And you can have it do other things besides the Assistant, I believe, too, right? So. Yeah, you can, um, like I have it when I, on my desk at work if I get a spam caller and I don't want to, because a lot of times with like spam callers, if I if you answer it, um, I heard a, I like read an article or saw a rumor online saying like if you answer them or deny those calls, um, then it logs that as an active phone and you'll get more. So what I do is I just kind of let it ring out. So if you squeeze the phone when it's ringing, it'll mute the ringtone, which is kind of nice. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I think that's, that's a. I think that's on by default. So. That's pretty cool. I usually just hit a volume button. Yeah, I just the same thing. But. Give it a quick squeeze when it's on the side because I don't. It's just quick to just squeeze the phone. Yeah, that's why it's such a good gesture to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool um, piece of functionality that they had, and it's a good idea, and I'm glad to see it's moving forward. Just because that means that we could see some potential updates going back to the Pixel 2. Right. But um, the one thing that kind of caught my attention was that it looks like in this one screenshot that I have up uh, on the stream is it looks like that um, there's a wallpaper behind the always-on display. Yeah, I saw um, that. So it looks like people picked that up in source code for Android Pie, which mm -hmm. is the newest Android. Uh, now it looks like it's confirmed in this video that that feature is going to be on the phone that your lock screen will have an always-on display with the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's it's cool. Um, yeah. We've seen, I mean, like, all the only thing that we have, the only thing that hasn't been leaked yet is the entire Google conference. So, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, I'm assuming there's there's some other surprises that maybe aren't exactly Pixel-related. I know we're, there, we're still waiting on rumors of the updated Pixel Buds and some potential updates to the Pixel watches. I don't think we've seen very many leaks about those just yet. Yeah, not um, too many. Um, yeah. Just another comment, too, about this Pixel 3 leak. Um, it, people are assuming there's going to be a face unlockability, which is a, probably a welcome addition for most Pixel users. Yeah. Um, so with three front-facing cameras, they should have some pretty accurate face unlocking ability. Especially considering um, how most of these... Uh, flagship phones have moved to two rear-facing cameras um it's going to be uh, on top of the face functionality i'm wondering if they're still going to be able to improve on the front-facing cameras or the rear cameras as well um the fact even though they only have one uh which is exactly how the pixel 2 is in the original pixel um so i wonder if like if they only need one camera for the rear shooter why do they need three? And if they are having, if they have three, then what kind of things are they gonna do? Because I always like, I'm blown away by what they're able to do with their cameras. Yeah, I am too. So, um, I guess maybe something with improvements in augmented reality. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's what's the most popular kind of picture people are taking? Selfies. Yeah. Yep. Uh, using Snapchat and putting on the dog face or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, it makes sense that they would focus on front-facing for those reasons. Mm -hmm. You have to join everybody else. Maybe they're going to have some Animoji kind of deal, similar to what Apple's doing. Maybe, yeah. You'll be able to overlay like a Stranger Things character or something or a Stormtrooper onto your Yeah, I'm person. sure they'll have some cool partnerships with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that a lot of that is going to be confirmed uh, when we have the conference itself. But um, the fact that we pretty much know everything there is to know about the phone is interesting enough. Um, yeah. It's just it'll be pre- I'll be pretty shocked if uh, these turn out to be completely false rumors because these is uh, these are pretty well put together videos and yeah, I don't uh, know how else this would have been accomplished. Yeah, so it looks like we may know just about everything there is to know about the Pixel Three already. Matt, you know what we forgot to discuss about this? What? There's a notch. Oh, yeah. And yeah. not only just a notch, but I think one of the bigger ones. Yeah, and uh, in case our users aren't aware, that's a little... I don't know what you would call it. Like a, a notch. It's a little it's like the rectangle at the, the top unibrow. of the screen. Right. It's, it's the unibrow of the phone where yeah. there's you know a camera and other things like that there. And then the screen is continued next to it. So you have mm-hmm. like your battery life and the time in the top corners, yeah. which if you're not familiar is what the iPhone 10 has. If you want to take a look at what that looks like and you're not aware. Yeah. Not to be confused with the creator of Minecraft, also known as Notch. So <laughs> <laughs> just a random tidbit of information from our very own Matt. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm here for, man. I'm just here to make sure that the listeners know exactly what we're talking about. That's all. When you're taking, when you're taking a break from your psychology podcast, you yeah. just come here and drop nuggets of information. Yeah. After I'm done my hours of extensive psychology research so I can only bring the most accurate information. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't even know if I can name all five stages of grief like right now that's okay yeah. that's okay <laughs> you can save that for your other show yeah and i i'll have time to practice it um while i'm skipping all of my spotify ads <laughs> so <laughs> so there's there's a feature that spotify is uh beta testing currently in australia um where they're letting non-use non-paying users so people who aren't on their premium plan um skip advertisements both audio and video ads on the app um they're telling them that the idea is that they're only going to skip ads that they don't care about which i don't know if i believe but that's a different story but um so what they're going to do is it's going to give spotify feedback on how to better target them with advertisements um the the advertisers aren't going to have to pay for the skipped ads but i'm curious to hear your thoughts on what they like what this what how good it'll like will it work so like if you're in hands-free mode or something like that where you're not going to be touching your phone i feel like people might still listen to the ads um and it almost adds another layer of feedback for the advertising agencies that mm-hmm. you can tell whether users are engaged in what you're actually advertising right but you also lose that like monotonous hit it into their brains repeat the ad over and over and it's going to stick with them kind of approach from advertising like the brute force i guess i would call it um it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. If it was me, I would just skip every ad. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't see what now, like, what value do I have as a premium user if this is going to be a thing that Spotify does going forward? I like, mean, what's you get, the, you get the make and share playlist, I guess. Yeah, That's but, like, I did it primarily to avoid paying for ads or to yeah. avoid listening to ads every, like, five minutes. But so. if I can just skip it, then that's kind of dumb. How much control do you have as a non-paying user? Because I, I kind of just subscribed when I started using Spotify. Do you yeah. get to pick specific songs, or am I correct in thinking you get to go to an artist um, and kind of just listen to it? Yeah, you can still make playlists, I think, um, okay. but you can only shuffle them. You can't start at a song you want. Um, I think you can. You have most of the same features, but I think it's primarily just um, the ability to pick the song you want to listen to and yeah. like um maybe there's some other things i'm not thinking of maybe you can't even make playlists i don't know so i know one feature that i'm 99 percent sure you get with paid and you don't get otherwise is that you can download songs offline yeah definitely so i use that frequently like when i'm flying i listen to spotify still um i'm, I'm very happy i'm able to do that yeah so that's one reason to continue to subscribe to this, but yeah, it's so, an interesting change. And I mean, they're, they're doing a test run for this reason to see how it goes, I guess. Yeah. So on their, on their website, um, it looks like, uh, the, the big things that they're advertising for premium is that you can download your music for offline use, listen anywhere. Uh, you do not get advertisements. Um, you can play any song 
it says even on mobile so i'm guessing that means you can go straight in and pick the song individually yeah. um and then it says unlimited skips so it also looks like they're limiting uh, the because it's been it's been at least five years since i've been a regular spotify user so i, I don't know okay. them very well uh, either okay yeah. well yeah that yeah. sounds like things worth paying for to me but yeah uh, I know there's a lot of people, a lot of my friends don't pay for Spotify and still use it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot this of people, probably, a lot of people just play in the background and they don't mind hearing ads. That inter- it's interesting that they want advertisers won't have to pay for the skipped ads. I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it might urge more people to advertise on Spotify because they stand this maybe save money. Yeah. As opposed to other advertising methods. Yeah. But, it's only a beta, and it's only in one country that we don't live in. Cool. But um, if anybody from Australia is listening and has this feature and they're checking it out and they want to let us know, feel free to contact us on Twitter or Facebook. I'd be more than happy to... I'm always um, ready to hear what's going on down under. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to hear what the, they have to say about about this and um, what's going on with it. But that being said, I don't think... I don't know how well this is going to do, and I don't know if it's going to roll out globally or not, but if, if it does, we'll be here to report it. So um, that's one thing. But, yeah. 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 Um, Spotify. I, like I said, I don't know if it's going to work just because it's not, like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. And also a lot of people just kind of let their phones sit in the back and just, like, at parties. Like, they'll throw their phone on a, on a Bluetooth speaker or or plug it in with an aux cable and then if they have a headphone jack and then just walk away and like i don't well, know many people who were actively skipping music i guess if you have a bluetooth speaker and you're in range you just keep your phone in your pocket yeah and then you're you're really in control of the, the music scene but. yeah yeah i don't know but like i said it, it's kind of a one of those things where i don't know exactly what kind of value they're going to be getting i don't know it's interesting it. that they're even trying though mm-hmm. so yeah um but one thing that Google is trying to do is that Google is trying to warn users that it does not carry Fortnite on the Play Store. Uh, we talked last week about this um, when the news first broke that Epic Games would be avoiding the Play Store entirely. But um, there has been just some some people, and I've listened to other podcasts who've also reported on this, and um, the general consensus seems to be that there is an overall fear that this could introduce users to malicious APKs or, um, as many people who have an Android device have seen, uh, very low-quality re- like copies and attempts to fraudulently reproduce um, an app that is very popular or very in-demand. Um, so Google's attempt to combat this is, um, and this is the first time that I've ever seen this on the Play Store, is you actually get a warning uh, after you search for Fortnite in the Play Store um, with a bit of information informing you that Fortnite Battle Royale by Epic Games is not available on Google Play. Um, So that way, it's a straight-up black and white transparent message telling you that this is not available here and and kind of like as a secondary message, just kind of be careful. Just because if it's not if it's not here, then you need to know where you're getting it from. Um, so, because I'd imagine that if you did search for Fortnite, you'd probably also get a bunch of like really shady third-party applications that aren't made by Epic Games. Yeah, I mean it's a courteous thing to do. Uh, you know, if if there's any injury there with that, it can't carry Fortnite Battle Royale on the Play Store. At least they have the good nature to say it's not here like if you're downloading something that's nameless it's not a reputable version of the game yeah um yeah i'm pretty sure you've seen that too just like really weird third-party apps like floating around on the play store of like very questionable quality yeah they're Um, always that way we should we should uh rename our podcast to i for the technology and sometimes fortnite podcast because it seems like Fortnite always like controls the flow of how like mobile apps and mobile gaming happens. Like just the level of impact that this game has on mobile gaming is like 
unheard of with for anything that I've seen before. Like not even Minecraft had this kind of a reach. I just point. never, I've never seen a game in the news so often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like from, you know, live streaming the game to increasing popularity, new platforms it's available on, new features, you know, the list goes on. It's been relevant for longer than I thought it would now. Yeah. Um, and don't hate me any listeners out there but i wasn't even that impressed with the game to be honest but yeah. uh i guess a lot of other people have fun with it so. i have uh, essentially come to terms with the fact that i will never be good at that game so um <laughs> i i've played it like on and off with friends and i've done a couple like solo matchups but aside from that it's like i'll download it and check it out like on a new platform play it once die like almost instantly and then never play it again and you have your Switch now. Mm -hmm. I put it on the Switch and played it for a grand total of 10 minutes. <laughs> hey, if you don't have fun with it, you know, there's no sense in pretending you do. So. And it's free. So, Also, I, I happen to have installed Fortnite on a PlayStation 4 beforehand, so I can't copy my account over to mm -hmm. the Switch because of uh, Sony Crossplay blocking the account. Yeah. You like physically cannot link the account to a Switch if you've set it up on a PS4. Even if you've di even if you've disconnected the PlayStation, you can't that's, set it up on a Switch. That's upsetting. Yeah, it's just something that Sony does that breaks um, the linking process on a Switch. And Nintendo and Epic Games have confirmed that it's on Sony's side; that's not their side. It's so weird that it would be on Sony's side because usually you can go to the developer of the game and tell them you want to transfer, and that's something they can do yep, pretty easily. But they're just like no. There's like, this is an internal server error that's coming from Sony. We can't touch it. We don't have jurisdiction there. And Sony's just not said anything about it, so they just assume that they're never going to fix it. Probably not. Yeah. Sony's the one holding back cross-play, everybody. <laughs> not my chair, not my problem. Yeah. I thought Rocket League would honestly be the one to break barriers on cross-play, <laughs> but it seems like Fortnite is getting the closest and out of anything I've seen before. So. I wish Rocket League would, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, it's fun though. Rocket League is still oh, that. That is so much fun. That is my go-to game because mm -hmm. it's always fun. Yeah, for me, I, it's least. such a good like pick up and put down game for me. Right, that's exactly what I mean. Like it's there's no maintenance to it. You don't have to come back every day to make sure your stuff's okay. Yeah, yeah. You just come back and play, and it picks have, up where you left off. I have that on Switch too. That's a lot of fun. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's nice being able to play a mobile, and it's like pretty much the same game. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much it for Fortnite. It'd be interesting to see if Rocket League came out on the Play Store. That I would download. On your phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be so hard to control on a phone. It would. You'd have to. You would have to hook a controller up to yeah. your phone. You would have to do it. There's no other way. I guess with a phone's Bluetooth capability, you could probably do that. Yeah, you can actually. I think I've. I think I've actually connected a PlayStation Four controller to my phone before. That's what I usually use to games. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. These controllers are, are... The controllers have cross-play support, but the, the platform itself might not. Maybe I'll start trying Fortnite, because, I mean, I only played it a couple of times, and I kind of feel bad that I don't like it yeah. in a way. Yeah. And I feel like I owe it to our users to test out the installer package and how it goes and everything. On your phone? Yeah. Yeah. If you if you ever want uh, to play it at some point, I can jump on and we could try to get a match together and lose pretty badly if you That'd want. Be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, we'll embarrass ourselves in Fortnite one night. <laughs> <laughs> um, I pro live stream. Yes. Yeah. Maybe maybe we could toss it up on the Twitch. Um, yeah. But yeah. Either way, um, we do have some news left to get to. Not much, but some important stuff. Um, yeah. And this is coming from the podcast that regularly warns you to update your printer drivers, but um, you better be careful not to let those printers get too old because um, a lot of uh, older hardware are being targeted by hackers for malicious software. Um, in this case, in particular, fax machines. Um, but uh, Checkpoint, a cybersecurity firm in Israel, said that their research discovered security flaws in tens of millions of fax machines. Um, I never really understood why fax machines were still a thing. It's always been something that's I felt that's like hilariously outdated by email. I think it's just companies and organizations that can't let go or have rules in place where they need to do certain things by fax. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know how that proves the validity of something. I guess it like kind of, I don't know if it shows like, no, it doesn't even show anti tamper really. So I don't really understand what the point is. Yeah. It does. I don't know. It's, it's like, it's one of those things where like the more I've researched into it, like the, it hasn't made me any less confused as to why it's such a widespread piece of hardware and right. a widespread thing that's used. Like maybe just because people use fax machines all the time and that's what they know. But, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. It's, gener- it's a generational thing. Maybe, but um, fax machines but, now need to go away. <laughs> especially. Yeah, so the flaw is in apparently tens of millions of these machines mm-hmm. and um, what happens is what appears to be an image file is sent through a phone line to the fax machine and it's encoded with malicious software. Um, We've seen this and, with Android devices too. Yeah, like but this is a fax exploit. machine, yeah. so it's so interesting. Yeah. Um, but when they, that photo is received, uh, basically the malicious code's installed and it has the ability to spread throughout a network. This is for network connected uh, devices, um, mm-hmm. but this is this is a, a warning for companies or people who maybe forgot they have a fax machine. <laughs> might be time to get rid of it. Yeah, it might yeah. be time to go office space on it. Yeah, um, and also the thing that makes this even worse is that uh, a lot of times you can fix this with a software update, um, but these are too old for even that. So. They have these machines have probably been out of support for probably five to ten years now, maybe more. Uh, that that may be a very generous estimate. Fax machines are pretty old pieces of yes. hardware. Some um, of them are probably older than us that yeah. are being used. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and globally, businesses use an estimated forty-five million fax machines, and they're widely used in healthcare, banking, and law sectors, which stores very highly sensitive data. Um, so in the U S medical sector alone, 75% of all communications are sent via fax, which is just like, what? That's like one of those fields. That's one of those fields where they're just stuck in their ways with doing that stuff. Yeah. There's just one old guy who knows, knows how the fax machine works. And when it stops working, he just knows to walk over and kick it the right way. And the fax machine boots right back up again. <laughs> they don't want to fire either one of them because the fax machine's important and he's the only one who knows how to repair it. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in regards to repairing it, uh, apparently this was identified on uh, Hewlett Packard Office Jet Pro all-in-one fax printers, mm-hmm. uh, otherwise known as HP for those who are acronym-based. <laughs> um, but HP's provided a patch on their support page. So if you have an HP Office Jet Pro all-in-one fax printer, go pick up that patch and get it updated. Update so those drivers. Get, so you don't get hacked and have your network compromised. Yeah. Um, also, for people who are running fax machines that are on a network that are too old for even that update or not listed in the supported uh, fixed fax machines, I highly recommend either throwing it out the highest window in your office or um, moving it onto a secure network um, where yeah. it is the only thing in that network, maybe like a guest network or something like that. Uh, that's right. password protected. But right. See, yeah, you would put like an air gap between your mm-hmm. internet connected network and that device. So that if you want to receive faxes, it's done through a phone line and then nothing else is connected to that fax yep. machine. You have a random network just labeled fax machines only or just like fax machine hellscape or something. (laughs) So with an all-in-one printer, that would lead to not being able to connect your computer to that printer to print uh, or setting up some sort of, if you're into network configuration, there's, I'm sure, a way you could work around that. Yeah, but um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yep. I'm guessing uh, companies who use fax machines probably aren't super network savvy. So. Yeah, a lot of people probably aren't even going to see the article. So it's our job to – we are the heralds of old, of hardware, old and new, making sure that things are kept updated. Yeah, the we're, front we're, line. Sh- we're, we're lighting our torch on top of the mountain and yeah. we're shouting from the rooftop. <laughs> At the bottom of the mountain is just <laughs> old HP fax machines and printers. <laughs> the next mountain over you have to spread it all the way to the next kingdom yeah or the next town i guess yeah we're looking at uh we're we're gonna start going after voice over ip systems next (laughs) old voip systems voip Voip. but um 
Let's talk speaking. about our good friends over yeah. or not good friends. Fax, our, uh, fax machines need to go the way of BitConnect. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Which that was a better um, better transition there. is finally set to be delisted from the final crypto exchange that it has been posted on. Um, so the end of an era, the end of the BitConnect era, as it were. Um, what an era it was. It is about to become a dead coin over a lack of liquidity. Uh, the token apparently still has a market cap of $6.6 million, which is mind-blowing. But that being said, that must be a really nice net, uh, coin exchange if it still has that much influence on its own market. But um, yeah, so Trade Satoshi, a little-known cryptocurrency exchange with a daily trading volume of about $1.16 million, um, over 78% of which is focused on Bitcoin, um, and ATC, which I'm not sure of the acronym. It's been a while since I've been deep in the crypto game. Uh, but they announced its move via Twitter, adding that the delisting will take place on September 10th. So, yeah. Uh, BitConnect is a... They were a... For anybody who doesn't know what BitConnect was, let me give you a brief walkthrough of their history. Um, there was a cryptocurrency investing and lending platform widely believed to be a Ponzi scheme. Um and it was one of those things where you could trade in coins and receive um, BitConnect coin as a exchange. And the premise was that that coin would constantly go up in value the more you invested in into the platform. Um, but as it would turn out, it's actually just a Ponzi scheme. Right. A Ponzi scheme is just a Ponzi scheme. So um, it's like the equivalent of if I were to give Matt a hundred real dollars and get a thousand monopoly dollars and then matt would go invest slash spend my a hundred real dollars and come mm -hmm. and hand me out some more monopoly bills that he bought with it and then that's it yeah <laughs> yeah and that's hilarious that people thought that that was a good idea and yeah. they collapsed in january of this year bitconnect themselves after it decided to shut down the exchange and investing platform, setting bad press, DDoS attacks, and regulatory scrutiny. Um, and the, the move came after it was hit with an emergency cease and desist from the Texas securities regulator. Um, so, yeah, I, it lost about 90% of its value once that happened. And in January, it dropped from nearly an all-time high of 400 to about $7. Um, and then it made a, a bounce to about 70 before dropping to where it's currently sitting at 67 cents so again going with that analogy that a hundred dollars i gave matt now he would he'd be i'd be like i want to give you this monopoly money back he'd be like all right i'll give you uh six dollars and 70 cents for it mm. <laughs> so yeah so um their 24-hour trading volume is now non-existent um Whereas earlier this month, about $10,000 worth of cryptocurrency being traded on that tr Trade Satoshi exchange um, was uh, BitConnect coin. Um, it probably dropped to zero because of this announcement. And I'm assuming that it's only going to just stay dead from this point on. And I think that this is the official end, end of the BitConnect era. And... Um, Without further ado, uh, for anybody who is on our stream, and um, I think that the only way to send this off is to play the legendary video that BitConnect had when they made their announcement. And I'm only going to play like 10 seconds from it, but I just, I need to hear the cry into the night one more time of BitConnect. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's, <laughs> I just, I just had to, just to hear that one more time and I'll, I'll let the, the video play without audio for, for the rest of the show. But, um, it is, it was truly something to behold and the amount of memes that this thing was turned into is, um, something that I have not seen in quite some time. Um, and I don't think we'll ever see again, unfortunately, it's the end of an era. 
Yeah, I believe so. But you know, some people, uh, you know, yeah, some people really got some enjoyment out of these videos. Some yeah. people got some serious heartbreak out of their investment here. Yes, but. they did. But BitConnect will live on in our hearts. Well, <laughs> as only I'm, it knows how. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll make references to it going forward. Yeah, so. yeah. There's yeah. gonna be there, there's gonna be BitConnect in the future. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it's a legendary coin exchange. I don't think we'll ever have as many memes on it ever made again. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's the end of the Ponzi scheme, cryptocurrencies, but that's something else entirely right. to worry about. Um, but that is the end of our topics. It is. That brings yeah. us to the end of the episode. Um, and for anybody who was, um, I, I don't even know where I was going with that. That totally just fell off the edge there. That's okay. That <laughs> yeah, happens with that's thoughts fun. sometimes. Yeah. But um, for anybody who may have been thinking of what I was going to say or maybe knows, they can drop us a comment on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, and let me know what I was probably going to say because I don't know, obviously. Uh, <laughs> if you wanted to listen to that BitConnect video again on our podcast um, live and maybe after the fact, you can check us out on Twitch. Um, we also uh, publish to Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere that you can listen to fine podcasts. Um, and like I had mentioned earlier, you can catch up with us in our conversations on Twitter, Facebook, um, and anywhere else. And we do occasionally post to Instagram, but it's not too frequent, but, uh, we haven't posted in a while, but maybe we'll get some posts up there soon. Uh, but yeah, um, with that being said, uh, this has been episode 63 and we will see you guys in the next one. <laughs>